Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right. Hey, hey, welcome everyone to another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Chris Cervello is here as the producer. And as always, Bill Wagner is joining us as a special guest from the Capital Gazette. We have a great episode for you today. We have another chance to win an N Star as wrestling takes on Army Friday night at the Naval Academy. Uh, Bill Wagner had a chance to talk to wrestler Jake Kozer about what it means to be able to get another star and to beat Army on the mat. It's also baseball season. Friday also ushers in the beginning of Navy's baseball season. Uh, we talked to Coach Paul Costacopoulos about what to expect there. Lastly, we talked to Naval Academy graduate and current NASCAR team member with Emmett Smith Racing, Jesse Awuji, about what to expect this year out of him as he is about to begin the season this weekend. We talked to Jesse about that. So before we go any further, Wags, let's talk about last night's affair down in Northwest D.C., getting after it against the American Eagles. What did you see other than another great game from Tyler Nelson, a pretty solid game from John Carter and Daniel Deaver playing old man, you know, pick up basketball with the loose hall seamanship and navigation crew again. In the end, it was a really good win, and they needed it too because Colgate beat Army. Uh, they remain a game and a half ahead of us. So, Wags, exactly the win we needed to close out a team who was pressing us and really going after the win at the end when we could have clutched up and had another Lehigh. We didn't, right? Yeah, great win for Navy, John, and that clinches a top-four seed in the Patriot League tournament. That means that Navy is guaranteed an opening round by and will have a home game in the quarterfinals. So that's huge. And uh, Navy is really setting itself up well to, you know, at the very worst, finish second. And as we mentioned in a previous pod, uh, I, you and I both have a feeling this is going to come down to the wire for the regular season championship when Navy plays at Colgate at the, uh, in the final game of the conference slate. Um, Navy's playing some amazing defense, John. They have held three straight opponents to 50 points or less, four straight to 55 points or less. Navy went into the American game ranked seventh nationally in uh, points allowed per game. And that will only improve after last night's effort. But the defense is nothing short of some sensational. It's, it's unbelievable how Navy is locking down opponent after opponent after opponent. Nobody can get it done against the mids. Um, and you know what? The offense doesn't have to be spectacular when you're holding teams to 50 points or less. Yeah, so what I was really impressed with at the end of the game lags, now there were three missed free throws, and uh, I forget the kid's name, the really, the really tall kind of small forward uh, for American kept draining like really athletic threes, but we missed three free throws down the stretch. 
But what I could really tell, and I tweeted a little bit out about this last night, is it definitely looked like Navy started working on some plays to break the press. I did not see passes into the corners. I saw Austin Inge really calmly bringing the ball up. And in the end, the result was, I don't think any turnovers during that period. American did press it. They got it down to seven, I think eight, uh, when they kept hitting threes. But that's the game where you want to be up 10 or 11 and remain up 10 and 11. And breaking the press was a huge part of that, right? Well, yeah, Ed DeCella said that Navy has gone into overdrive as far as working against press situations ever since the debacle against Army when it blew a 27-point lead. Now, that was not evident against Lehigh when Navy blew another huge lead late by getting pressed and not handling the press. But, uh, yes, much better last night. Um, you know, obviously teams have seen the tape. They saw what Army did to Navy and uh, they're going to press Navy, especially in a situation where it's end game and, uh, you know, they're trailing. So, yeah, very, very impressive. Navy is doing a lot better job ball handling. And, uh, yeah, I think you're talking about Johnny O'Neill is the forward for American who was hitting some big shots. Um, so he and Stacey Beckton Jr. once again lead the way for American. But American's not a good team. They've only won three Patriot League games. And that's why I'd said in our previous pod that I expected Navy to co- go into Bender Arena and take care of business. Which is exactly what they did. Unfortunately, on the other side of the ball, the women got to host American at Alumni Hall and dropped another tough home contest. The home stuff has really got to improve next year. I'm not saying that this year is done. Uh, Tim Taylor's ladies are going to have to really make a run in order to turn this around. But a 54 to 43 loss at home to American, which further drops Navy down in the standings and is going to make it very, very difficult for them to make any kind of run in the Patriot League tournament. Again, Jen Coleman, 20 points, 14 boards, getting after it, and yet another game where not another player in that lineup scores double figures. Wags, yeah, this is something that we obviously have to look at as as head-scratching and informative, but you know, Tim, Tim has got to know that with Jen leaving uh, and with already some attrition at the beginning of the year, when Jen Coleman graduates and Hertelendi and the rest of these ladies graduate, he's got to really reload or this is going to be a struggle for a while, right? Yeah, well, uh, first and foremost, we should mention that Jennifer Coleman broke the Navy single season record for total points scored. Uh, that was held by Courtney Davidson, one of our favorites, uh, one of the greatest Navy women's basketball players ever held that record. And uh, Jen Coleman surpassed that. She's having a phenomenal season, 18 double-doubles. She's got 10 straight double-doubles, but she's she's a one-woman show. There's just not enough help. Lindsay Llewellyn had nine points, and no other person scored more than five points. That's just It's hard to fathom that no one else can put the ball in the basket for Navy. I don't know what's happened to Sydney Watts here of late. Um, she had been your consistent number two scorer in double digits, and uh, – Last few games, she hasn't gotten it done. Um, Navy is in eighth place in a 10-team league, and uh, they're going to be on the road in the Patriot League tournament at, at this point. They're not going to be they're, – they're, they're in the bottom quarter, and it's there's time's running out. So, yeah, and now with regard to the future, John, you know, Tim Taylor told us that he's very, very high on his recruiting class. Uh, he's got a, a large recruiting class because, as you mentioned, he knows he needs to reload, needs to get some talent in here. Uh, several big girls, uh, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 
One of the six footers is a point guard, uh, interestingly enough. But, um, you know, the, I don't know if freshmen are going to come in and immediately take the scoring lead. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, as you look at the performance and production of the players that are returning, uh, he's got to be concerned. Yeah, it's good analysis, Wags. And, you know, we're going to have to really hope that next year, um, you know, it, it sees the growth, particularly with those recruits, because you can't lose uh, a Jen Coleman and not bring in something to fill the breach. And again, hats off to her. When, when you're def- or when you're eclipsing a record that's held by a name like Courtney Davidson, then you're you're up to something good there. Uh, we'd be remiss too if we didn't update anyone on the opening night of the uh, Patriot League Championships for swimming and diving. The opening night of the championships began and ended in the right way with Navy teams sweeping relay events. And by the end of the first four nights in Lejeune Hall last night, Navy's women's team stood in first place by 14 points and the men's team was atop the standings by nine points. Uh, Megan Murphy, Riley Gavigan, Sydney Harrington, Sarah Sorensen, some of those standard names um, that you hear on the, uh, on the women's side. And then you've got Caleb Malden, Derek Wynn, Jonah Harm, Callan Alvesia, and you know, the, the rest of the athletes just kicking it in the ass uh, last night for swimming and diving. So hats off to them. Wags, before we get into our first guest, what do you have to take us out? Well, I'm looking forward to uh, baseball season starting, John. I'm going to be out there at Bishop Stadium on Friday. I hope the weather's mild like it has been most of this week and we can have an enjoyable day out there. But I'm eager to see the Navy baseball team as we uh, obviously talk to Costi and about the program. I mean, they got eight of nine position players returning. So there's me defense and offense will be solid. And pitching is the concern because so many frontline starters and key pitchers have, are gone. But uh, very eager to see uh, the uh, baseball team get underway. And then, uh, of course, on Saturday, we got another big Navy home basketball game. For sure. And uh, I'll be out there with uh, the track and field event on Friday, and then I'll come out and join you at uh, Max Bishop Stadium. And then I plan on swinging by to see some of the wrestling to hopefully see us get a star there. So without any further ado, talking about wrestling, let's get to Bill Wagner's interview with Jacob Tozer right after the break. This is Sing Second Sports. The Sing Second Sports podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. Whether it's the burger of the day in an old fashioned or a Cabernet and their Cuban sandwich, which is my favorite, be sure to check out both locations when you come to town to catch a basketball game or lacrosse game here this winter and fall. That's Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And without any further ado, here's Bill Wagner's interview with Jacob Kozer talking about this Friday's Star Meet against Army. Take it away, Wags. Thanks, John. We're here with Jacob Kozer of Navy Wrestling. We're going to talk a little bit about the big Army-Navy showdown being held Friday night at Alumni Hall. It's always an incredible environment. And I'll start right there, Jacob. I love the Army-Navy match. It's amazing how many people turn out to support the match itself, but Navy in particular, it's always a partisan crowd. And I love when the announcer asks Navy wrestlers from various eras, from the 50s, from the 60s, and they're there. 
They these old time wrestlers come back. Does that motivate you guys on the mat? Yeah, it's awesome to have the support of our alumni. Um, even this past uh, match or the two weeks ago, whenever we wrestled Bucknell, we had some alumni come out and they were screaming and cheering. They're the always allowed us in the crowd. But uh, I know we're getting a bunch of alumni to come for uh, for the Army Navy match, so it's pretty awesome. We'll be able to go back and eat with them after the match, and it's always fun to talk to alumni. So obviously, Navy was in a bad skid. I mean, you know the history of the Army Navy series. Navy has completely and totally dominated, but during a four year stretch, the senior class of two years ago, I guess that would be the 2020 graduates. I'm pretty sure they did not beat Army during their four-year term. Um, that must have stung. A, can you talk about that? And then with Coach Kolak coming in, and I mean, frankly, that was one of his charges as being hired as coach. We beat Army. We don't we don't lose to Army. Yeah, my plebe year, um, we lost to Army, and I think that was the fourth consecutive time we lost to Army. So all those seniors didn't get to didn't get to experience what it was like to beat them. Um, and it was, an, it came down to criteria, you know, it was tied, I think 17, 17 or somewhere around there. So, uh, I remember that was pretty upsetting. And then, uh, after we got Colot, we right away, we, uh, we beat army last year, which is awesome. Kind of stunk a little bit, uh, because we, we didn't have any fans, you know, cause of COVID, but it was, it was awesome still. And, uh, alumni love it. And, uh, you know, we always love to stick it to army. So. Hopefully, we'll, we'll be beating him again this year, keeping the trend going. So as you, during this week that is such key to preparation, what is, what is the coaching staff, what are the wrestlers talk about is critical in this match? It, it almost always goes down to the wire. It, it's very rarely decided by much more than two or three points. And as you mentioned, sometimes it even goes to criteria. What, what, what's the key? Uh, we're just keeping, you know, what we've been doing continuing to grow uh we're just doing what we've been doing and not changing our habits or anything like that just coming in wrestling working on areas that we need to work on scouting um and getting ready so one of the pivotal bouts in this match comes at your weight class 197 you and jt brown have a history um i don't know how many total times you've wrestled him but i know that you've wrestled him in the last two army navy meets you beat him when you were a plebe, and then last year, unfortunately, he upset you. You were ranked. He was not. Now this year, it looks like Intermat has him 25 and you 26. Is that accurate? Uh, I'm not sure about the rankings because it's uh, I don't really pay attention to that. But um, I that's correct. I, I beat him my plebe year, and last year uh, I lost him. And I wrestled him again um, at EAWAs, and I lost him in overtime. So, yeah, definitely a pivotal or that's a, I guess could go either way match. Uh, but I, I feel prepared um, and it's exciting. Well, I, I don't know. I always like wrestling tough guys just because it's it's fun and you can really challenge yourself and really put what you've been working on to the test. So I'm excited for it. So uh, give us kind of a scouting report. I mean, without giving away state secrets, but. I mean, are you and Brown similar style wrestlers or, you know, who has to, how do you impose your will on him? Does he like want to shoot from legs all the time or does he, you know, does he like to be on the mat working on the mat? I mean, 
What's what's the key for Jacob Koser in this match? Uh, well, he he locks up and uh, he does a really good job of staying in position. So uh, my job is to get him moving more so I can set, set up my shots. Um, then I'm pretty good on top. That's not really a secret. I'm not giving away anything there. So uh, you know, my goal is to get on top and go to work. But I just have to keep keep myself in good position, not give up any um, any easy points. So, I mean, it, it, I know you're not the coach doing the strategy, but, I mean, do you any other key weight classes that you can see? I mean, I'm looking at their proposed lineup, and they got a ranked wrestler at 157, 165, 174, 197. So it looks like they're pretty good starting around those middle weights going up. Um, you know, what, what's, what's the key for Navy here? I mean, do you got to – and I don't know – do, the, do you all know at this point whether the match will start at 125? I mean, I know it. They, the matches can start in any weight classes. Do they know at this point where it's going to start? Uh, no. So how they pick the weight is um, they go out and, uh, well, I guess the coaches meet up and they're like, do you want to start at the normal 25 or are you going to start at a different weight class? So if one of them says we're going to start at a different weight class, they flip a coin and whoever wins the coin flip gets to pick either like any weight class they want. So either start at 125 or pick a random weight class. So that's how that goes. Usually they agree on starting at 125, but um, I guess recently we haven't been starting at 125. So uh, that's how they decide that. And then for matches, I'll be exciting to watch. Uh, Andrew, as our he's our 57-pounder, and he's, he's really good. So that'll be a good match to watch. And then uh, I guess the strategy would be win big, right? So – Bonus points, bonus points, bonus points. Yeah, well, that just so far, for our listeners know, uh, Andrew Andrew Sveniglia, a sophomore at 157, will be wrestling Marcus Hartman from Army. Hartman's uh, 23 in the rankings, and uh, Andrew's. It's you know it depends what rankings you look. There's a coaches panel. There's an RPI. There's Intermat. I I usually reference Intermat, and Andrew's 25 in Intermat. So that. That would technically be an upset, as would be if you beat JT Brown, but I know you all don't feel that way. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you guys come in here, and I, did you go to the prep school? I did, yep. From the time you showed up at prep school, you've been here in Beat Army. It's been ingrained in your mind, your body, your soul. Um, Coach Cole had nothing to do with Service Academy, Wrestling Army, Navy. Um, he came in here cold, and like I said, Chuck Gladshock, the athletic director, when he hired him, he no doubt told him, we've lost four in a row to Army, and it's got to stop now. But, um, you know, has he kind of been indoctrinated into how absolutely, utterly important it is to beat Army? I mean, I know the type of competitor Coach Colat is, and I would imagine that he takes the approach of the enemy goes down no matter what it takes. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Um he like he just likes the rivalry, which is awesome. But that's not his end goal. You know, his end goal is to to get all Americans and everything. And our army just we're just gonna beat them. That's not even a thinking point. You know, that's that's his philosophy. We want to get to the point where we just constantly beat them, and that's not even in our like what we're looking at. We're looking at getting national champions, getting all Americans. So I'm curious for one of the bigger guys uh, in the program. Who, who do you usually roll around with uh, in the room? I mean, I, I know there's another 197-pounder. I guess it's a freshman, Trevor. Is it Swear? Swire. Swire, yep. So I'm sure you wrestle him a little bit. But, I mean, who else do you try to challenge yourself? Do you, 
you actually try to get in there with a big guy like Riley Smith or, or is there a coach perhaps that's, you know, got the strength and power to try to at least challenge you out in practice? Uh, yeah. So I, my go-tos are, uh, you know, David Key, he's really good, 184. Um, and the other 84, uh, Hunter Johns, he's my roommate, and he's also – he's a really good practice partner. So I'm going with today. Um, I wrestled with uh, Coach Blaze, um, and uh, he's, he's amazing. You know, if I ever want to get really humbled in a practice, I just wrestle him. So um, he's a really good one for me to wrestle. And then I wrestle with the, all the heavyweights too. Uh, it's – they're they're, uh, they're hard to move, and that's what I need to work on. So um, – I, I like wrestling them. Like I was wrestling with Kaka yesterday, Ryan Kaka. He's a freshman, but he's like two thirty and hard to move. And he moves really fast for heavyweight, so it's that's a really good challenge for me. So um, I wrestle with anybody that's like kind of close to my weight. But um, yeah, I'd say I wrestle with Blaze the most, though. So you mentioned obviously this match against Army is the beginning of the absolute crucial stretch of the season. Soon will be to the EIWA championships, which would then be followed by the NCAA championships. What are the goals for Jacob Koser as we go into championship season? Uh, All-American this year. It's the goal and goal, right? Um, high up on the podium, preferably. But, uh, you know, we, it's it's nice, like, how this, this part of the season is laid out because we got Army – then we got a two-week break, then we got conference, then we got a two-week break, then we got nationals, or I guess a, a week in between, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, it'll be it'll be good, uh, enough time to improve, fix, uh, fix the things we need to fix, and um, yeah, it'll be good. Season's coming up, though. Well, we appreciate you taking some time to be on Sing Second Sports. I want to encourage all of our listeners – any Army-Navy competition is special, but you, if you have not been to an Army-Navy wrestling meet, you need to do it. Uh, 7.30 Friday night at Alumni Hall. It'll be packed. It'll be loud. It'll be awesome. Jacob, I'm going to give you the last word. You know what to say. There's a little saying that uh, Navy guys have. What, why don't you send us out with that? Go Navy, beat Army. Good job. All right, thanks a lot, Jacob, and uh, we'll be back. All right. Awesome interview there, Wags. Um, yeah, I, I think that these guys are beasts and are going to absolutely bring home the star on Friday night. And I can't wait to be there to watch it. Um, the other thing that you and I are going to be out there watching, hopefully in 50 degree weather and not 40 degree weather, is Navy baseball. So let's talk to Navy baseball coach Paul Costacopoulos. We are going to go to break. This is Spring Second Sport. Let us recognize our great sponsors at the Town Scoop. This is big. Naptown Scoop is revolutionizing news in Annapolis. Now you may not have realized it needed revolutionizing, but then again, if Henry Ford had what you wanted, you would have set a, a faster horse. Now let me explain. Naptown Scoop puts everything you want to know about Annapolis in one place. Live music, restaurant reviews, new businesses, events for adults and kids, and even weather and boring political news. It's a one-stop shop. In less than five minutes per day, Naptown Scoop gives you a complete rundown of Annapolis. It's also hilarious, kind of like Steve Martin reading you the news. Okay, maybe not that funny, but it's close. People love the Naptown Scoop. You can't see my script, but love is actually italicized. 
In just over a year, more than 10,000 people have started reading The Scoop. My wife loves it, I love it, even my 17-year-old son loves it, and you know how 17-year-olds are. It's simple. You're missing out if you live in Annapolis and don't read the Naptown Scoop. Sign up for free today at naptownscoop.com slash sing. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is time for the coaches segment. Much more importantly, it is time for the baseball season preview for the Naval Academy baseball team. Here to join us to break this down, what the team is going to look like and what he expects is Navy baseball coach Paul Costacopoulos. Number one, coach, thank you for uh, for coming back and joining us. Spring is about to be sprung, which means baseball season. That might not necessarily be the case for MLB, but it's definitely the case for the Patriot League and your squad kicking off Friday against UMBC in what will probably be a very chilly stadium there uh, at 2 p.m. So, coach, number one, thanks for joining us. Number two, what should people expect to see out of your squad this year? Well, thank you, John, for having me. Always fun to be on. Always fun this time of year. You know, like you said, there's a there's an exciting change of season coming about, um, and 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 warmer weather, and 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 just good things coming down the pike. Uh, you know, um, really, the you know, you look at. I, I almost look at every season the same way. Um, you know, you're pretty sure that the river exists when you, you start following, you just don't know which way it turns. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably the way I approach most seasons, probably the way that I look at this team, you know, uh, we got a lot of, you know, improvement to do. We, we, we got some things that uh, are naturally, uh, areas of concern, you know, on the mound, we're, we're, we're always concerned and, and we're very young, uh, feel good about the position players that we return a lot of experience, uh, you know, as far as position players go, um, but a lot of it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's putting it together at the right time. It's, it's, you know, building confidence as you go. Um, uh, you know, there's always a couple players, uh, that, uh, it, they kind of tilt you one way or the other, you know, if they have, you know, really good years, they kind of, you kind of, wow, we're, we're, we're right where we need to be. If a couple guys maybe don't have those good years, you're, you're, you're questioning yourself. So, um, the, the beginning of the season brings all the, that stuff um, and, uh, you know, rightfully so, because uh, no one knows how, what the future is. Exactly. So uh, you were pricked preseason number two uh, in the Patriot League uh, with uh, Christian Politelli, uh, Stevens, Eduardo Diaz, all getting uh, preseason accolades. Um, we had a great opportunity to talk to uh, your young, well, senior pitcher uh, topping on ship selection night. What an impressive young man. Other than those aforementioned names, who should we keep an eye out this year who's really going to make an impact for your squad? You know, I think starting on the positional side, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, Christian Policelli and Zach Stevens and, and Eddie is just fun to watch play defense. He's just a natural. He can he can do a lot of things for you. Um you know, Logan Keller, uh, you know, brings a little bit to the table, too, as a good defensive player, but certainly going to swing the bat. I think you're going to see uh, maybe a little bit outside of, uh, I guess, traditional Navy baseball in the sense that I think we're going to be a little more offensively, uh, uh, have a little more ability to score. We started that last year. Um, I really like our lineup as it stacks up one through nine. Um, I also think we have... Uh, 10, 11, 12, 
13th position player, if you will, that can go in there and, and, and be successful. So I think you're going to see a little more of an offensive team maybe than we've seen it historically uh, here. Um, and, and that's something that, that we hope that, you know, will carry us early. Uh, pitching's just got to get better. Just got to improve. It's got to um, be one of those things that just each week gets better. But I really think there's some, uh, some interesting players to follow this year. Yeah, you talk about pitching, and before I take it over to Wags, I lost a very good friend and a good neighbor in Bobby Applegate this uh, offseason. Uh, he went back to Pueblo, got a head coaching job. That's a credit to you. When your assistants are getting head jobs, I think that's a sign of the health of the program. So, you know, who who replaced Bobby Applegate as the pitching coach, and, you know, how how is that process going to work in terms of getting those pitchers acclimated to kind of a new style, um, you know, as the season kicks off on Friday? You know, it's, uh, we feel, you know, I I don't know. I just, I feel extraordinarily fortunate, you know, that that we had uh, Bob for seven or eight years. I kind of forget now, Um, you know, uh, doing the job that he did with with the pitching staff. And, and, you know, sometimes the timing is just right in, in, in the world. And, and we had a chance to get Coach Trapeso from the University of Hawaii. Um, you know, again, the timing was right. I wanted to return stateside uh, and, and, and for a lot of different reasons and a wild amount of experience. Um, you know, he's been a pitching coach at Georgia Tech, uh, head coach at the University of Hawaii for, you know, a, a bunch of years. Um, so really feel fortunate about who we have there. And I think it is, is in this particular situation, I think it's ideal. A lot of young kids that need some fundamental stuff. Um, a lot of uh, maybe even the returners aren't really seasoned with experience. So Trap's been able to kind of fill in the blanks with them um, as we've gone along. So uh, although the styles may be a little different, um, fundamentals are fundamentals. And, you know, if you know what you're doing and, and you can communicate and you can coach, you're, you're, you're going to be successful doing that. And, and like I said, I feel very, very fortunate to have coach, uh, coach with us this year. Wax. Well, I had just interviewed Costi for about 45 minutes before we taped this podcast. And I, you may notice a trend that whenever we're going to have a Navy coach on, I interview them beforehand so that I look really smart, smarter, <laughs> smarter than John. Um, so, Costi, you mentioned the pitching, and there's a very impressive group of seniors departing. Charlie Connolly, Jared Leans, Trey Braithwaite, we could go on and on. Uh, but you are now very inexperienced. And when we talked earlier, you said it's going to be trial by fire and uh, a little bit of an experiment. Who can do what? Um, can you talk about some of the names that are being bandied about as potential weekend starters for Navy? Yeah. I think once we get um, to Bill's kind of point there, you know, once we get acclimated, get started, um, you know, I think we'll settle down just about when um, conference comes around. I think you can look for uh, Nate Mitchell um, to be in the starting rotation. Certainly Reese Early to be in the starting rotation as well as Matt Shira. And uh, I think if, if Thomas Russell keeps progressing off his Tommy John injury of last year, he's been, he's, you know, he's about at that year mark, which usually is the time that you can return. I think you're going to look at a nucleus of those four starters, you know, um, sometimes, you know, you, you, you evaluate these things and you, you reevaluate them, but 
they're going to be the solid guys eventually on the weekend. Um, and they have to be good if we're going to be successful. I think out of the bullpen, you have Colin Jones, a senior, Trent Topping, um, a senior also. Uh, we're going to get some help from Liam Golden, uh, freshman, uh, Landon Kruer, um, a really kind of an, a, a, a story that I think is worth watching. He came here as a uh, um, kind of a walk-on catcher. He's, he's now pitching, and he, he's got pretty good arm strength. I mean, he, he touched 92 the other day in our inner squad. Um, so those are going to be some of the people that we see, uh, Owen Beastie as a freshman also that, um, you know, we'll get in there. Uh, but I, I do think once we solidify after this first month or so of the season, you'll start to see those guys on a pretty regular basis. So I'm curious. I mean, obviously you're so experienced defensively and particularly in the infield, you're very talented and quickly tell the audience, um, You've got a new second baseman who's a plea that the only position in the infield that you lost was at second base. Who is the freshman that you're counting on and you think can contribute? A, a young man named Ivan Aguirre. Um, he's uh, he's uh, he really is a unique skill set player. You know, he's uh, he can move. His hands are, are extraordinarily fast. He reminds me a lot of a player that some of the Navy fans would would recognize Zach Biggers. He just has this way of finding where the baseball is going to be and making an easy play. And he's just, uh, he really has that skill set. And uh, we're, we're excited. I remember he came to our camp when he was a sophomore. And, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He's probably about 135 pounds, but he had a hand cannon. And I mean, he could throw and his feet were so fast. I was like, this guy's going to be all right. And, uh, you know, he's going to have some, he's a freshman. He's going to have some growing pains, but you know, he's going to be exciting to watch with uh, with Eddie Diaz up the middle. Well, and the reason I bring that up is because uh, so your infield is talented and experienced. Zach Stevens has been around forever playing first base. Uh, you like Ivan, uh, the, the plebe at second. Eduardo Diaz is a very slick fielding shortstop, the glue of the infield. And then Logan Keller is a solid third baseman. So the a question I have, and then we should mention Joe Smorian out in center field because you always want to be strong mm -hmm. up the middle in baseball. But – do you tell these younger, inexperienced pitchers, just throw strikes, put the ball over the plate? I mean, they don't have to be Noah Song and Charlie Connolly striking guys out left and right. Let your fielders do the work. I mean, is that something you say? Bill, that's so astute because it's the tug of war that we have um, as a coaching staff and sometimes a pitching staff, you know, trying to be too fine. You know, we walked about six and a half guys a game last year, which is extraordinarily high. Uh, trying to be too fine, trying to pick, pick, pick. And really, we've, we've brought the philosophy this year, just what you said, play to our strengths. we got guys that can catch the ball. We have guys in the outfield that are good. Um, and not be so fine all the time. I think that's probably the one of the bigger detriments to younger pitchers. You know, they think giving up a hit is the end of the world, and it's not. Um, you know, uh, they, they, they want to pick and pick and pick. And we really have to make sure that that doesn't, uh, fall into their psyche early on. We're going to give up some hits, you know, but, uh, what we can't do is walk people just and throw, uh, and, you know, constantly be pitching three, one, two, Oh, you can't do that. Trust your fielders, trust the strength of your team. Well, I know that back when I was playing coach, my call sign was hand cannon. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I, I feel pretty, pretty special about that. Uh, but in all seriousness, can't wait to be out there on Friday. I know I'll be there representing Sing Second Sports as we take on 
the Retrievers of UMBC on Friday at 2 p.m. If you missed that game, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday at 1 p.m., uh, we play UMBC again. And then Wednesday, midweek, February 23rd, Coppin State comes rolling in. So, Coach, number one, thank you very much for joining the podcast. It's going to be a long season. We can't wait to, to check in with you throughout and you know, throughout the whole thing, just make sure you get one of those end stars because the rest of the spring and winter sports have been making everyone else look bad. Right. No, no doubt. And um, thanks again for having me. We do. We look forward to having everybody out. Um, you know, it's the spring that I, I told uh, Bill, it's very important um, to me personally to, to, to make sure, do the best we possibly can to have a great experience. Spring sports have been a little bit banged up over the last couple of years. And, 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 you know, it's, it's in our rear view mirror, but you know, that these seniors have not had a real season since their freshman year, you know, a real, what we would call a real Navy season since their freshman year. And, um, you know, we're, we're determined here that we're going to have that experience this year and, we're going to have fun at the ballpark. We're going to going to enjoy what we have because it has been, it has, it, it's really been a void in our lives the last couple of springs. So um, we're, we're, we're excited to get out there. We're going to play hard and, and, and have a smile on our face and enjoy what we have. That's a great perspective coach. And we can't wait to join you, uh, join you on the ride. So ladies and gentlemen, this is coach uh, Paul Costacopoulos of Navy baseball. Good luck on Friday and Saturday. We can't wait to watch you and cheer you on and, We'll see you throughout the season. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right. You too, ladies and gentlemen. I was Coach K. We are going to go to break. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans. Each week, we get a list of things to run down to keep you informed as to what's going on from NAAA. Uh, this week, there's just a ton of stuff. Um, so let me just kind of hit on the things that will help you plan your weekend. As John mentioned, Navy Wrestling looks to continue its dominance in the Star Series as the team takes on Army Friday at 7.30 p.m. in Alumni Hall. Fans will receive free pom-poms and Navy Wrestling foam fists at the door while supplies last. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Your Navy men's basketball team will be at Alumni Hall Saturday for a new matchup with Holy Cross. The first 250 fans in attendance will receive a free Navy superhero cape. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome back to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. Really excited to be joined by Naval Academy graduate and current NASCAR driver Jesse Awuji. Uh, return guest to the podcast, which we're really excited about. He's really busy. He's got the, the season kicking off here uh, in a couple of days, which is exciting. And we're going to get into a little bit of uh, the deal that he signed with uh, Emmett Smith Racing. So number one, Jesse, thanks for returning to the pod. And number two, catch us up with what's been going on with you. You've been busy. Yeah, so been, yeah, super crazy busy over the last few months just getting this team together. Um, yeah, like you saw in the news, we, um, me, Emmett Smith, and a couple of their partners have linked up together to form a racing team in NASCAR, uh, Jesse Luigi Motorsports. And it was great uh, bringing up, uh, bringing Emmett on board just because, you know, Emmett, you know, he, his influence, you know, around not only the country, but the globe, you know, with him being a Hall of Fame running back, you know, one of the best to ever play the position in the NFL, still all-time leading rusher. And NFL to bring someone like that on board with all of his knowledge, his network, um, what he's able to do, how he's able to make things happen. Um, it's been an absolute blessing to have someone like that 
uh, with us and, and someone who believes in the journey and someone who believes in what we're trying to do. Um, our end goal is to not just build a skyscraper, but to build a skyline. And we want to uh, basically build this opportunity generating system that gives opportunity to folks that um, who, who would have never thought they would have opportunity to you know, be in motorsports, compete in motorsports, work for a motorsports team. Um, you know, and we can do so many different things for different communities out there through esports, linking it with motorsports, with uh, you know all the diversity initiatives out there, um, all the all the different initiatives out there to help military transitioning members. You know, all these different things out there. We're going to now finally have a platform that we own that we can actually utilize to help uh, in all these efforts. So, looking forward to everything we're going to do in 2022 and beyond. It's obviously great exposure for you, and and from the perspective that Chris and I share a fantastic injection of diversity into the sport, which, you know, has immense popularity nationwide and is going somewhat international. For those of you, for those listeners who didn't hear your last appearance, walk us through how you got to where you are today. Did you always want to do NASCAR? Did you always like racing cars? How do you go from midshipman, athlete, commissioned officer, surface warfare officer, to now driving number 34 for Emmett Smith Racing? Yeah, no, it's been an absolute crazy journey. Uh, you know, prior to even going to the Naval Academy, originally I'm from Dallas, Texas, and both of my parents are immigrants from Nigeria. So they went when they came over here to the U.S., they didn't have anything. But what they did have is work ethic. They knew that through grind, through hard work, through having a clear vision on what they wanted to be, who they wanted to become, what they wanted to achieve through through putting action towards that and having faith every single day, they were going to get to where they wanted to go. And they instilled that in us as, as kids. They, they, they basically let us know through their action that um, they could achieve anything they wanted to in life, and they did. Um, and then from there, you know, me and my brothers and my sisters, we all uh, worked very hard to get ourselves better and better in sports and also maintain the grades necessary to go off to college. Um, all four of us ended up going and playing for Division One schools uh, with me going off to the Naval Academy and playing football for the Naval Academy for four years, starting in 2006. And, uh, you know, played there, had uh, some great seasons there, a lot of bowl games, a lot of winning seasons, a bowl win, beat Notre Dame twice, all that fun stuff, and beat Army and Air Force all four years. <laughs> but I uh, got the opportunity to uh, become a surface warfare officer after the Naval Academy. Uh, was on a couple different ships in my first four years in the Navy. Um, went on two different deployments with those ships. And um, in between my uh, my deployments and my underways, when I was back home in San Diego, um, I was just drawing, uh, some, somehow had this natural att attraction towards cars and racing and eventually found myself on, on track doing some track days with my personal cars. And by doing those open track days, that led me towards wanting to become a professional racing, uh, racing driver. So one day I was sitting in my room, wrote one big goal on my whiteboard, and that was to become a pro driver. And then from there, I just began doing research to figure out what gets people in, what keeps people in, and why do some people not make it, right? And I took all the information, all that data, I collected it together, and I started piecing together what I needed to do to get into racing and what, and what uh, direction I was going to go in racing and how I was going to make it happen. And uh, through a lot of hard work, through a lot of grind, through continuing to network, meet people, and just continue to put action towards this goal on a daily basis, one thing led to another. It's crazy how uh, in this world, the moment you focus on something and you actually literally put real energy towards it on a daily basis, no matter what happens, no matter how many pitfalls you have, doors will start open. People will start coming into your life and your goals will start coming into reality. So um, that's basically what I did to start working my way in and 
met a guy who was racing late model stock cars. He led me towards doing a test with his team. That test went towards eventually racing with that team, which led me towards eventually working my way up the ranks of NASCAR. Um, and I uh, started a business along the way so that I could make extra money so I could pay for racing. Eventually found sponsorship with my story, getting out there more and me growing my social media platform and all that. But it just took me doing everything I needed to do, whatever was necessary to, so I could work my way up. And that's kind of how that journey began and started. And that's what's gotten us to where we're at right now. So tell the listeners a little bit how they can track you this coming season. You know, a lot of people don't necessarily have a great NASCAR acumen. They know that it's popular. Certain parts of the country, certainly the South, it's extremely popular. But, you know, they, they know that there are certain waypoints, right? The Great American Race or the Daytona 500 is in February and you go through the season you know, which which part of the NASCAR series are you on and how can people best track your uh, progress so they can see how you're doing in the races? Yeah, so this year I'm racing uh, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. That is the second highest level of NASCAR. Um, for those who maybe paid attention to it more back in the day, it was the NASCAR Bush Series, if that helps. But um, racing in that series is 33 races this season. So a lot of weekends racing. So you have plenty of weekends to catch me on Fox Sports 1 or or on NBC or uh, USA, whichever you know channels they're on for whatever part of the year. But you can also follow me on social media. Uh, just look up my name, Jesse Iwuji. That's a J-E-S-S-E. Last name is I-W-U-J-I. Follow me on social media. I'm on all the platforms. I don't have any funky username. So look up my name and you'll find me. But um, yeah, I'm on there. We're always constantly posting and putting putting stuff out there and putting out opportunities and uh, just continue to do what we can to inspire people out there who are going after big goals and dreams. And um, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a good one. Um, but I'm just looking forward to, you know, making things happen and following the process. Well, we can't wait to watch. I mean, second to last question from me. How did the physical mission at the Naval Academy, you know, how does it continue to inform what you're doing? You talked about work ethic. You talked about, you know, making a daily commitment, you know, to whatever that goal is, you know, if it's weight loss or professional goals or just being a better dad or being a better NASCAR driver. A lot of us are very informed by the lessons that we learned on the fields of friendly strife. How has it continued to inform you so that you can be the best driver you can be? Yeah, lessons I learned at the Naval Academy have definitely uh, transitioned itself over to everything else I've done in life. Uh, you know, being a football player at the Academy requires um, definitely a lot of discipline, for sure. Uh, you know, being able to grind through very difficult times, through high stress situations, being able to manage your time, uh, manage uh, your training, manage everything you're doing. It takes a lot. And we learned that at the Naval Academy. I mean, they... It basically made us pretty much in a way we grinded from, you know, 6 a.m. till till midnight on a daily basis. So getting used to that kind of tough, rigorous schedule and uh, just as a kid in college, you know, it, it allowed it made this easier for me now so that I wasn't the type of person who needed to be off 12 hours of the day. <laughs> the type of person where I just needed about, you know, people ask me, oh, when, when, when do you get rest? When do you just you know, relax and just, you know, turn off? And just you know, and get some, you know, just get some some rest and relaxation. I'm like, uh, I want to go to sleep. That's when I do that. <laughs> you know, from midnight to about, you know, yep. <laughs> you know, that's that's when I do that. So yeah, uh, Naval Academy lessons have definitely helped me out a lot. Um, just learned so much from the academy on you know building my character, bring, building my you know, professional side of myself. You know, all that stuff. Learned at the academy, started applying it real time 
uh, while in the Navy, uh, active duty on the ships. And then from there, you know, built that up a little bit better and then, you know, started transitioning those skills, those concepts over to what I was doing in the racing world. And I continue to do that to continue to build this career, build my businesses, and build everything else I'm doing in life while still serving as a reservist now in the U.S. Navy. Yeah, that's a huge part that a lot of people miss is that you're still putting on the uniform. You, you are still dedicated to that craft, and we applaud you for it. My final question, and this is really going to be for Chris Ravello's benefit, what's it like to be around old number 22? We saw him at the Super Bowl. He's aged very well. He's obviously getting involved in things that he believes are good investments, and this is it. You know, what's it like being around someone like Emmett Smith? It's been great uh, being around him. A super cool, down to earth guy. Um, you know, I've, I've, you know, now we've you know been around each other a lot more over the last uh, year, really last six months. But um, yeah, no, he's great. Um, someone great to talk to, learn from, and uh, it's really cool just knowing that hey, like we're, we got this scene together, and this is a guy I used to you know, watch on TV playing football. I was, I was number 22 when I was in seventh grade because I played running back, <laughs> you know? So um, it's really cool to see this all kind of come, come full circle. And I'm um, just so happy that we will make this happen. And I know he's been pretty excited. And now we got the racing season right here in front of us. So it's time to go out there and, uh, you know, really put on a good show on track and, and utilize this opportunity of a lifetime uh, to inspire so many people out there who are going after big goals and dreams. So uh, there's a lot of great stuff that's going to happen this year and, and best of you ever going to do it in the Chevrolet. So team Chevy all the way. <laughs> I know, right? We, uh, we can't wait. Hopefully you can find a way to uh, kind of clandestinely get a swoop pin painted on that car. Chris, <laughs> Chris Cervello, uh, ask the last question and take us out. Yeah, Jesse, thank you very much. Really excited about this as, uh, as John talked through La last question, cause we know you're tight on time. Um, you know, as you start this week at Daytona and in the first couple races, uh, tell us a little bit about your racing style. We've talked about all the Navy stuff, but how do you take this car and bring this team to life uh, over the first couple weeks uh, of the season? Yeah, during uh, these first few weeks of the season, you know, we have to make sure that we're making all the right moves so that we can be a team in the future still. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of moving parts with this whole thing on the business side, but then also on the on-track performance side. So, you know, our goal is with us being new, you know, it's a lot of new people coming together uh, for the first time. And we have to kind of find where our, our battle, our battle rhythm is. We understand the process towards uh, getting to eventually a win, right? It doesn't just happen right off the bat. Uh, it takes, you know, a, a bit of gelling. Everyone has to come together. We have to understand how we uh, best communicate with each other, what everyone needs to, to be at their best, and we have to all put it together. So it takes time. Our goal is to go out there and finish races at first. You know, like that's what our main goal is, just go out there, run the races, and finish the races. From there, we continue to progress and, and, and get better and better. Eventually, get you know top 20s, eventually get top 15s, and so on. Eventually, get closer and closer to eventually getting a win. So uh, that takes time. Uh, who knows how long that takes, as long as we continue to, to, to get better and better and not make the same mistakes over and over and continue to progress this team in a positive direction. So that's what we're looking forward to. We're, we're learning to fall in love with the process and not falling in love with the product. That's incredibly good advice. And Jesse, we thank you again. We wish you luck. We hope to see you in the winner's circle a bunch. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again as the season goes out. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jesse Awuji, Naval Academy graduate, starting off his NASCAR season with Emmett Smith Racing. We are going to go to break. When we come back, Wags, Chris, and I will take this baby out. This is Sunset and Sports. 
one more set of reads before John takes us out. The Navy cheer and dance teams will be hosting a pregame clinic on Saturday, February 26th from 1 to 3 p.m. The clinic package is $25 and includes the clinic, lunch, a ticket to the Navy women's basketball game versus Colgate, and the opportunity to perform on the court with the Navy cheer and dance teams at halftime. For more information or to register, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit the marketing table. And finally, Navy football season tickets are now on sale. Experience the pageantry and excitement of Navy football all season long by purchasing or renewing your season tickets today. To secure your football season tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pot. All right, so we are done. Awesome interview with Jesse Awuji. Thanks to Kosti uh, and Jacob Kozer for uh, joining us as well during a busy week. And we are about to take this baby out. A really, really important weekend. Um, as Wag said, we have a Navy, another Navy basketball game over the weekend, the men and women in effect. And it essentially, after this weekend, you're entering the final week of the season where the men can hopefully make up some ground on Colgate, get that number one seed. But even if they don't, um, I think they have an opportunity to, to at least secure the number two seed. And if all roads have to go through Hamilton, New York, for them to get to, to the NCAA tournament, I know that Ed DeCellis and the boys are ready for that. Um, I'm looking forward to a great weekend of Naval Academy sports. Uh, I know that Chris Cervello is going to be trying to watch Jesse Awuji in the car. Uh, Wags, thank you so much for joining us, Chris, for all of your producing. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done. Go Navy, beat Army. Let's sing second, and we'll see you next week on Sing Second Sports. We are out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.